0: you are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities.
1: There's one risk, I think, for precious metals investors. And we could have one more market panic. We could have uh, a very depressed autumn and winter this year because of everything going on in the economy. And once we get a um, restart of, of, of a bear market, we see these very high valuations on tech stocks and that, that could develop into a crash again. And during such a crash, I could envision that gold go down one more time uh, in a serious way, maybe to 1500 maybe to $1,000.
0: Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in. Today's show is brought to you by Ocino Resources. Ocino has been knocking out of the park with excellent drill results in the advancement of their Twin Hills Central project in Namibia. Recently, they put out some more excellent holes such as 268 meters at 0.6 grams per ton including 22 meters at 1.4 grams per ton and if you understand the type of deposit that they're exploring and developing here those are excellent results it's a bulk tonnage project with high-grade shoots, and eight of their most recent 10 holes came back with significant intercepts. I'm going to put a link in the show notes below so you can see that press release for yourself. And to learn more, go to osinoresources.com, or you can find it in Toronto under the ticker OSI, on the OTC under the ticker OSIIF, My guest today is Willem Middlecoop. He is the best-selling financial author and founder of an investment manager with the Commodity Discovery Fund. So, uh, Willem, welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining me. And as we uh, look over the commodities market and investing in these mining stocks, I'm curious to find out what type of fund inflows have you been seeing in your fund?
1: Well, actually, it has been quite, uh, quite positive this year. You can really see we have the start of a new bull market. Um, and I think um, the sentiment started to change already uh, last year. I remember I sent out the tweet. Um, most, yeah, the most easy way to follow me is through Twitter. I sent out the tweet last year that we saw some um, more positive inflows. And since early 2020, um, we, we're still a qu- quite small fund. Um, we have assets under management of around 130 million Canadian. And now we have monthly flows of um, minimum of one million a month, and uh, but we also have seen months that uh, we had inflows of three, four million coming in. So that's that's quite good, quite good.
0: And I think in our last interview, which would have been maybe eight months ago, I th- your fund was at fifty million, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that's that's right. We saw an incredible increase on our assets under management. Um, well partly because of the inflows but mainly because of the returns uh, we've seen some incredible returns we are up year to date almost 70% 70 um when we uh, take the um, crash in march 2020 the corona crash half march we had we've seen the low of the year and since that point in time we are up over 150% so um, we've been very active on the private placements uh, front. So we, we've seen, well, it's, a, it's an incredible year for us.
0: And when you count your gains, uh, Willem, are you in, uh, including the in the money portion of the warrants that you buy through these private placements?
1: In, yeah, when, when we look at the returns on our whole uh, portfolio, uh, we have a model where we uh, give some value to the warrants um, through the Black Scholes uh, formula. But we also did a little uh, research. If we look at all the financing we've done since January 2019, so that's the last 18 months, we've done 90 private placements, nine 0 um, We're, on average, 170% on those, and that's excluding the warrants. And we almost, um, the total value of all the deals, all the money we put into those um, 90 private placements was around 10 million uh, Canadian dollars. So. It's. It has been very beneficial to the returns of our fund.
0: Can you describe a little more when you're looking for a private placement? There has been many offered, especially in the last three months. But what are some of the qualities of a private placement that the Commodity Discovery Fund would invest in?
1: It, it's very It's very broad, actually. I'm looking uh, at the presentation now on my screen, which is a new play. It will um, go to market through an RTO, a reverse takeover. Um, and the and valuation, it's, it's an early silver play in Chile, valuation around 3 million. And that, that's what we like, you know, valuations which are real low. We, we, we made a killing this year. We were founding shareholders with Reina Silver. Reina Silver is a new silver play in Mexico, uh, highly endorsed by Max Silver, Peter McGaw. Um, actually, uh, Max Silver entered the deal by bringing one of the projects into the company, and that's 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 Peter McGaw's baby. You, you might know Peter McGaw. He's a brilliant yes. silver geologist, and he always wanted to drill the project he did his original PhD work on. And and because Max had this amazing discovery on another project, this, this, this PhD project of his from the past was never seriously drilled. So Rainer Silva will drill that project. And we I think we were founding, um, I know we were founding shareholders and we owned around 7% of the company. I think, I think we still own around 3% of the company and we did a private placement. The first uh, the seed round, I think, was at 10 cents and now it's trading at 90 cents and a dollar. So that these wins have been enormous. So we like the deals, which are very... Early, very with a very low valuations, but we also uh, participated in private placements with uh, great bare resources. You know, after they moved up quite a bit, so um, it's very broad. But 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 we we really should like the project, we really should like the evaluation, Uh, and we are bombarded with deals. So, I think, um, well, like I said, we've done 90 since January last year, we've done over. 50 since January this year. So um, it's a very busy season.
0: You focus on the discovery hole plays. Are there any discovery hole plays that you have invested in recently that you can share about?
1: Um, There's an incredible amount of discoveries uh, out there. Um, um, I know you focus on the North American markets, and, um, but we had some wonderful results in Australia um, if, you, if you look at the um, last year, we did a financing with the Gray resources in the Pilbara at five cents. Uh, well, the Gray has been responsible for quite a strong and remarkable discovery in the eastern side of the Pilbara. Uh, so, so that one that one comes to mind. Um, but the problem uh, for us as portfolio managers is there's so many good stories out there. There's so many exploration companies working on great projects. I already mentioned Great Bear Resources. The, the um, Greatland Gold, also in Australia, is is another great story of the last two years. It's an incredible. Um, strong and large system being operated now by Newcrest. And um, Newcrest um, and uh, Greatland Gold um, are, well, um, working towards um, upgrading that project so that the production could even start in three, four years from now. So that that, that has been a big winner as well.
0: Did you uh, invest in QMX Gold, where they put out in the last week that six point five grams per ton over seventy three meters, which was quite a phenomenal hole?
1: We've been investors with QMX for quite some time, so we we already had a position before the last week's results uh, were published. Uh, of course, we were happy with the uh, with the uh, uptick. Um, but I do understand why people sold and took profit because uh, if you study those results, it was a drill hole down dip, so the, they, they hit the best part of the mineralization. So it was the most positive income uh, outcome, and I think um, quite a number of uh, well-informed investors understood that. So we haven't increased our position into that one. It's still a good project. It's still the valuation is not that that uh, that expensive. But I understand why why it sold off a little in the second day and the third day.
0: In 2020, when you look at the new positions that you've initiated, on a percentage basis, how many have been bought in the open market and how many have you initiated through private placements?
1: I think half of our investments um, are done through private placements. We invested $7.5 million since January 2020. Uh, Our inflow has been over $10 million, so... um, most of the new money coming in has been invested through private placements, but we also trade quite a bit around our positions. So we're quite active traders, but in a bull market, it's very hard to trade because everything you sell, you know, um, you kick yourself because you, <laughs> it would have been better to hold it. <laughs> um, but especially now, the, um, the bull market gets a little bit more mature. Well, we're only four five months into this bull market. On average, the bull markets on the Toronto Stock Exchange Venture Index takes between uh, seven and 17 months. So this is the fifth month. But we're always um, looking where we can take profit. Uh, but as it, 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 it's tough to take profit in a strong bull market. And we do think that um, this bull market can uh, play out a little longer than the average one.
0: Was uh, Reyna Silver your biggest winner this year thus far? I think
1: so. It, that was a huge win. But also, the gray um, earlier this year, the gray was, was a huge win for us. Um, actually, you want to know, of course, which are the losers. And I've been looking through our database. And normally, every year you have a few big winners, but you also have a few big losers. And, and this year was very hard to find the real uh, losers. So we we've, we found three. Um, one is Cantex. Cantex is the zinc discovery high up in the Yukon which had a huge run last year. Initially, we missed it. And then when it keeps running and running, you know, at a certain point, we are discovery investors. So then you are afraid that you really will miss this new voicey Bay discovery. So we took a position and ended up paying too much money for it. So it, it really started a large decline from uh, their highest levels in 2019. So that's still a big loss. But actually, it's a loss of last year, one could say. <laughs> then um, this year we had a, um, a discovery, or actually it was also last year, a discovery by Stavely uh, in, in Australia, a, a, an incredible strong copper system near surface um we, we still have a substantial loss on that one because as I, I, I still believe this is a world-class discovery but it's a very large and complicated system and as you might know that can take years to really drill it out and to uh, really understand it but stavely is, is a company people should um, watch and study and another loss this year is nevada copper this is development stage um, company, almost uh, going towards production now. And Nevada Copper, of course, um, Gold and Silver had a huge run this year. Copper was lagging a little bit. Copper is, is starting to run now. I think copper will run up, uh, over $3 per pound. And But we, we still have, have a loss on our investments in Nevada Copper. We even participated in a private placement. Uh, I don't know what's going on, why it's trading so poorly, um, but it, it shows you you have to spread your risk. And that's what we do in our portfolio. We have over 100 positions. We have like 75 core positions. So, core position means we have over a quarter of a million invested, but we take many small positions. Um, we also call them toes in the water. Uh, once you have invested a little bit of your money in a company, you know, you tend to follow them much more. Um, closely than um, when, you're, when, you, when you're not invested yourself. So we have over 100 toes in the water and there's so many uh, exciting drill programs uh, ongoing now and we expect some major discoveries and um, we've seen a few great discoveries in, in the West Africa. Uh, Cheser Resources comes to mind, uh, Predictive is working on an interesting project. So, um, yeah, well, it, it's it's a great time to be a discovery investor.
0: That, that's right. And we could talk about losers or perhaps something like Nevada Copper could be described as a slow mover. Is that kind of how you analyze Nevada Copper? Because I remember from our previous discussion, you like these pre-production stories that get the re-rate once they get the positive cash flow. Copper with the economy, even though it's about three dollars a pound, it seems like uh, investors aren't as hot on copper investments as they are on gold. It, would this still be a hold for you in your fund? This, this stock? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right, that's right. And uh, we also think that we might be um, at the start of a um, well of, of a period in which the inflation will um, tick a little higher, and I think the Federal Reserve might even um, might even Start to com- communicate very soon that they, they would like to see inflation trend a little higher. And if you look at the copper stories out there and the copper valuations, um, the ETF, the COPX, uh, which is a good example to follow the uh, copper copper um, uh, companies, um, the COPX has been breaking out of a um, of a downtrend recently. Uh, so I think copper has to, um, we can expect quite a bit of positive um, um, trends in, in copper stocks and of course they have been lagging the precious metal space but I think copper, zinc and nickel, they all three should do well the next uh, the next year.
0: Willem Rickroll has shared with me on this show twice this year that he could see the copper and industrial metals bull market pushed back a few years because of uh, how the government's have, how the COVID crisis has impacted the economy and the government's response. So he could see a gold bull market followed with a copper and industrial metals bull market. In other words, we're going to have a bull market in commodities, even if it's not only gold, it'll be copper and such on the heels of a gold bull market. Would you take that view as well?
1: Yeah, I fully agree with Greg Rule. And that's also what we see in our portfolio. Uh, As I said, copper is lagging a little bit, but the copper stocks do very well, actually, the last few weeks. Um, We we see the same with nickel, especially the last few weeks after the comments Elon Musk made about the, the need to find nickel. We're involved with a few uh, amazing uh, nickel discoveries. Uh, one is Blackstone in Asia. Um, yes, yeah, St. George in Australia. Stock is not doing that well, but I think there will be a takeover situation there. Um, and, and also, we shouldn't forget to talk about uranium. And that's also um, one of our cylinders, which is, on, which is on fire. I think 7% of our portfolio is in uranium stocks, especially um, discovery by NextGen Energy still a very very low valuation it just broke out of a three-year-long downtrend and i think that's still a great entry point for next year and i think um, uranium will do very well as well in, especially when we get a little inflation and people start to become aware that we need uranium we need nuclear energy to fight to, uh, to fight climate change and uh, so, so that's, that's an important part of our portfolio as well.
0: Willem, you wrote the book, The Great Reset. So when you're looking at a gold's role in the great reset and timing gold's top in this cycle, Can you share a little bit about your expectations? Are you in the camp where you just see a hard reset and then everything is revalued up, kind of like what Jim Rickards has talked about, 10,000 gold and more? Or would you see gold topping out and then going back down? And obviously that's going to affect us as gold stock investors. Well,
1: as you might know, I was very early in calling for a monetary reset, as was James Rickards. Jim Rickards was, was a very... Um great inspiration for me to write the big reset um and when we were calling for a monetary reset let's say five six seven years ago it 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 only um took well <laughs> five six years for us to wait before mainstream uh media started to write about a coming monetary uh well, reset or coming um, to to structural changes within the international monetary system. Mark Carney, governor for the Bank of England, he gave a speech at Jackson Hole last year, uh, 12 months ago, and uh, Financial Times reported um, in August last year that Mark Carney called for a global monetary system to replace the dollar. So that, that tells you that the central bankers are working uh, hard behind the scenes uh, on on possible changes coming to our monetary system. And as I wrote in the Big Reset, finding a new anchor for the international monetary system is is one of the key elements. But we also can expect um, debt restructurings. We need debt restructurings, especially after the incredible build of of the debt we've seen since the collapse of Lehman in 2008. We've seen very strong uh, expanding balance sheets of uh, of, uh, central banks in the last few months. And uh, what I expect, and which was part of my reset thesis in the big reset, that one uh, could also expect a revaluation of gold. A revaluation of gold means a devaluation of the dollar. Um, we've seen the dollar heading lower in the last few months, um, gold getting quite a bit higher. I think there's only the start of a longer trend. And I, I, as I explained in the big reset, um, you can expect a gold revaluation through market forces, like we see now, or through the fact that central bankers will choose to uh, revalue gold to a much higher level because they need that to support the international financial system.
0: So do you see gold going back down before that happens? I mean, could could it be the next cycle? Because some of us gold bugs, myself included, didn't think we would be in 2020 and have only $2,000 gold. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, of course, we all know that the, uh, the, the 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 targets for gold in a gold revaluation could go as high as five or ten thousand dollar pounds. Um, the current um, the current price of gold is around two thousand could be just the start. Um, but there's one risk I think for precious metals investors, and um, we could have one more market panic. We could have. Uh, a very depressed autumn and winter this year because of everything going on in the economy. And once we get a um, restart of of a bear market, um, we see these very high valuations on tech stocks. And that, that could develop into a crash again. And during such a crash, I could envision that gold go down one more time uh, in a serious way, maybe to fifteen hundred, maybe to one thousand dollar. But I think the forces playing out um, for gold going much higher; those forces are much stronger now. And there are so many people around the world, so many investors, especially general investors, who are waiting for a great entry point for gold. So I think every correction will be short-lived, and every correction will be bought. And, and I think many people will be surprised by the um, incredible rally which is, um, well, still uh, about to happen. I think it's only the very first part of an incredible rally we'll see in precious medals um,
0: and uh, Willem, in the reset, do you see cryptocurrencies playing a role in the reset at all, or just primarily gold and silver? No,
1: cryptocurrencies is it's a different uh, it's a different beast, and um, of course the cryptocurrencies they all came out of nowhere. Um, Bitcoin has proven itself as a very valuable store of value. Has been tested for over ten years now. Um, because of uh, the rise of Bitcoin, we saw all the uh, all the shit coins arriving, the two, three thousand coins. Everybody was starting to uh, was, everybody was um, trying to, uh, uh, to become rich quick. Um, because of the whole crypto um, success and failure, central banks have been, well, very closely monitoring the whole crypto space, and they have started to build their own crypto. Currency. So we, we should say they start to build their own central bank digital currencies. I think the central bank digital currencies which are being developed now are more a digital version of fiat money and aren't um, real crypto currencies. And it's a big question mark whether the central banks will accept the success of uh, Bitcoin as a store of value. Of course, they can't do a lot to, to um, well... To move people away from Bitcoin and I think it's a fasc- fascinating fight we see now between the crypto community and, and the central bankers and um, as long as there, there are a few countries like Liechtenstein and Switzerland who allow um, crypto initiatives, who allow crypto funds to being developed um, uh, working with the support of the national regulators. I think it will be very hard for countries like the US to, to, to fight the, the Bitcoin um, um, revolution.
0: And uh, Willem, as we conclude here, are there any investments you're making outside of the precious metals, cryptocurrencies, or mining stocks?
1: Um, I, I tend to be very selective myself. I like um, a little of real estate. Um, I like physical gold and silver and platinum. Uh, platinum has been a new investment for me. I think platinum is uh, at a very interesting valuation. Um, I tend to invest uh, in in some startups myself, but I think startups—the valuation in the startup scene—is is much more uh, is much less um, is less attractive than the valuations in the commodity uh, in the commodity space. So I'm very selective myself, and I think we'll have some. Uh, Uh, Hard times uh, in front of us uh, from an economic point of view, and people should um, well should keep quite a bit of cash on hand and and to hedge to hedge their risk by owning quite a bit of physical gold and silver.
0: Excellent advice. If you aren't doing so already, I encourage you to follow Willem on Twitter. He can be found at wmiddlecoop at W Middlecoop or if you're interested in learning about his fund or reaching out to him in that regard go to cdfund.com and I'll put links to both of those in the show notes as always Willem I really appreciate your insights and thanks for coming on today's show thank you it was a pleasure